When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for tuning into the Sports Ethos Mets podcast. As always, your host, Cody Mallory. You can find me on Twitter at RealCodyMallory. Tonight, I am once again joined by Joe Farrow on Twitter. That is at the Joe Farrow and Anthony. Guys, we had some regular season Nets basketball, and it was pretty shitty. But besides that, how are you guys doing? Not great. The Yankees have given up three home runs in the last two innings, so that also is not making the night that great. But, you know, shit happens. It's a bad sports night for uh, both me and Joe. Cody's not had a word about baseball since June, but I had a word about the Nets. (laughs) So, yeah, the Nets really were terrible tonight. Yeah, I mean – if the Yankees lose, the Nets lost. I mean, it looks like the Knicks are about to lose in overtime, which, I mean, who really cares about the Knicks? But, oh, man, the Nets. That's what we're focused on in this pod. And uh, it was it was just ugly. Right from the beginning of the game, I mean, let's just dive right into it. The Nets scored 14 points in the first quarter. They gave up 32, trailed by 18 after one quarter, and they were pretty much never able to recover. I mean, they cut it to, I think, eight at halftime off a tremendous second quarter by Kevin Durant. And then they wound up and gave up 40 in the third. Um, They couldn't stop Brandon Ingram, who had 28 on 10 of 17. They couldn't stop Zion, who had 25 on 11 of 22. Um, And it was – they couldn't score. The offense was stagnant. I mean, Ben Simmons was – horrific but we can get more into that Kyrie Irving was also horrific um what are your guys main takeaways from this game our center play needs to improve we I yeah the guys certain guys struggled like you said Ben and Kyrie specifically but we got outscored in second chance points by like it was like 30 to 4 it was ridiculous and you don't have much of a chance to win any games if you are getting outscored like that on the offensive glass. Yeah, totally agree. Like the center position, like you said, is a weakness coming to the season. And people are just assuming that Nick Claxton is going to take a jump. I always like like say proceed with caution. I think I were just saying this all off season because like I don't know, just like inside like thing that was going to happen. But you never know. If he doesn't take a leap, then Dayron Sharp is just playing like what did tonight. The Mets are in trouble with that position. I think Kyrie will be better. I think Simmons going to have some growing pains. I don't think we should like freak out after one game. It's not promising, so I shouldn't say like let's like be ecstatic because there's nothing really to be excited about. But to say like Ben's like a flop already is like kind of ridiculous. So like definitely take it like down the middle rather than freaking out one way or another. Yeah, I'm not. I'm definitely not in any sort of panic mode. Nor should should nor should anybody in October, especially after the first game of the season. But it was a bunch of little things tonight. The Nets didn't rebound well offensively or defensively. Claxton did show flashes on offense tonight, which was pretty nice to see. But a lot of it was 
like I was saying on the last pod, we were tonight. We did not use Ben Simmons in the right way. We got back to a stagnant offense, trying to feed him in the post rather than trying to move in transition. But we weren't really able to do that because we weren't stopping the Pelicans for shit. Um, I believe when there was like eight minutes left in the fourth, that we had already allowed 110 points. So it was, and I mean, that was around the time I stopped watching because we were down like 20 at that point and all the starters came out, but it was, uh, it was, it was pretty brutal to say the least. The Nets did not look great uh, by any means, but again, I'm not going to panic. Yeah. I mean, I think for the Nets, there was three players who showed up. Uh, I'm honestly going to, I'm going to extend it. I'm going to say there was four players that showed up. Royce O'Neal was just tremendous doing everything. 10 points, seven boards, three assists, three steals, two blocks. I mean, two or three from three. Like, that's what you're going to get from Royce. He was active on defense. I think it was especially in that second quarter, maybe it was the end of the first. He stole. He was just, he he was everywhere. Yeah. He, like, I think he made Brandon Ingram turn the ball over three plays in a row at one point. Yeah. Um, Kevin Durant obviously dropped 32, 11 of 21. I do not know what's going on with that man's handle. Um, that was that's my one knock on him, and I mean he kind of got destroyed by Brandon Ingram uh, defensively. Like he could not stop Brandon Ingram to save his life. Um, and then Claxton, I actually thought Claxton, besides the Nets giving up, I think like sixty-two points in the paint, getting out rebounded by sixty-one to thirty-nine. I mean that's not all on Claxton, obviously. But I thought Claxton held his own. Um, he had a couple of blocks. He was honestly the best primary defender on Zion tonight, which, I mean, isn't saying much because Zion dominated. But Ben Simmons just got bullied by the man. At least Claxton was somewhat able to hold his own. And then the guy that I nominated for the TLC award literally yesterday, Patty Mills, was pretty decent tonight. He had 16 points, 5 of 10 from the field, 4 of 9 from 3. Patty did his role. He did his role well. And, I mean, if he's going to give you 16 points in 23 minutes off the bench, especially when you don't have Joe or Seth, I think the Nets would probably take that every single night. 100%. Like, you don't expect 16 from Patty Mills, like, at all. Even if, like, he's, like, top scoring option like he was last year in the COVID game. Like, 16, I'd be like, okay. Like, I'll take that. So, I think he's 16. It's, like, gravy. Obviously, you get some of that back with Joe and Seth and all the other shooters back. But overall, like, the Nets just did not play well. It was, like, really pain from the start. I feel like last year, every game, they started off combined. They kind of just stepped in with that. I, I yeah. definitely agree with the with – Patty Mills did play very well, and Royce O'Neal and Kevin Durant were both unbelievable all night long. Nick Claxton, like I said, he definitely showed some flashes offensively. Um, defensively, he didn't look bad either. But it was just like he was just he continued to get bullied by guys like Valanciunas, you know, like and we still expect that at this point. Um, And I think my main my other biggest takeaway from this game is how valuable Joe Harris, Seth Curry and TJ Warren really are to this team. Because like you said, even though like you don't know what's going on with Kevin Durant's handle. He's dribbling into like a triple team every single time he tries to get to the basket because there's everybody is just clogging the paint. There's no reason for them to stay on the perimeter with Ben Simmons. So it's like it's he really can't do much in that regard other than maybe just like pick the ball up and look to pass rather than trying to force it. 
but yeah, I mean, there was no spacing to find anywhere tonight. And it, that I think that was no, another big reason why the Nets struggled so much offensively. Yeah, I mean, it was, I hate to say, it, I mean, we talked about it all last year. A lot of ISO ball again. I don't know if that was just KD and Kyrie, like, saying screw the game plan and ISOing, or because we saw it the last two games of the preseason. Granted, it's the preseason, so teams aren't going 100% on defense, whatever you want. But the Nets were at least running sets. I didn't see much of anything from the Nets running a set tonight. I mean, it was stagnant. It was a lot of KD in the post, Kyrie dribbling around. Um, Ben was just – he fouled out again, four points, five assists, five rebounds in 23 minutes. He only attempted three shots. Two of them were off wide-open dunks off of steals or in transition. He kept picking the ball up at the top of the key again. Um, I mean, it was probably the worst matchup Ben could have possibly had for his first game back having to go up against Zion because Zion was the primary defender and Ben usually takes advantage of smaller guys being able to post them up and play out of the post. And obviously the Pelicans are a very large team, but news for you, they're going to face the same thing on Friday against the Raptors. They're a fairly long, large team that doesn't have a lot of small guys. I mean, if you get Van Vliet switched on them, maybe, but they got, they got a lot of big guys too. And I don't know, man, Ben's concerning me. I know it's only been one game. He missed a ton of time. He's coming off back surgery. But it look he looks slow out there. I feel like it's more of him not wanting to force it too much and just looks to get his teammates involved, but that's something he should be looking to do more in transition. I mean, like you should he should be the lead ball handler trying to get downhill on a pick and roll at the top of the key every single possession. So you should start every set and run off that. It's it it was brutal. It really was. You can't you couldn't really expect much worse after that, but hopefully I'm not that concerned with Ben. I think a lot of the sets that we did try to run ended up like somebody was late on a rotation, somebody somebody was too quick on a rotation. Like it was it didn't just did not work out well at all. And like I feel like once we get the little things down if we I mean, we're going to be a transition team for the most part. We all knew once we saw that we were going to be starting Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton together. But our court offense probably isn't going to be that great, but we're going to be a transition team, and we need uh, more effort for stops on the defensive end if that's going to work out. Joe, I want to say one thing real quick. To be a transition team, yes, you need stops, but you cannot allow 21 offensive rebounds. Exactly. That just – Gives you no chances to be a transition team. And I think we would all agree that the Nets will be absolutely lethal in transition. The half-court offense is going to take some time to get there once everyone gets comfortable with each other. Pretty sure the Nets had eight turnovers in the first quarter, if I'm not mistaken. You would not be mistaken. It was pretty bad. They finished They finished the game with 16, so like they improved. But, I mean, it was just they couldn't get any stops, so they couldn't get out in transition. And that's just going to be a problem. I agree completely. But yeah, you can't be quickly good on that. You, like, they just got decimated on the offensive last night. It was so frustrating. By the way, Zion Williamson's second jump, 
probably the greatest thing, probably the greatest uh, feat of athleticism that the, that that guy does. The way he moves to grab offensive rebounds and just rebounds on the defensive side as well. His second jump is phenomenal. Yeah. I also want to say the Barclays Center's capacity is listed at 17,732. According to ESPN, there is an attendance of 18,003, which means overcapacity, standing room, whatever. And it was quiet. <laughs> and that just shows the Nets were getting blown out pretty much the entire game. I mean, it got loud when KD had that big block on Brandon Ingram close to the end of the first half. But the Pelicans just put the game away coming out of halftime. Yeah, the Nets got to close like that run at the end of the first half when they got it down to like I think eight. You think when you team do that, like they kind of get the momentum going to halftime, you got to continue it going to second half. The Nets are the exact opposite of that. The Pelicans had their biggest lead of the night again. Sloppy turnovers, bad offensive sets, and yeah, when you're down three rotational pieces. You don't expect to see like the most efficient offense. You also shouldn't be blowing out the water when you still have your three best players on paper. Yeah. And I want to give some credit. I know, I know, I know we've been bashing the Nets, rightfully so, but let's give some credit to the Pelicans. They're going to be legit in the West this year. Uh-huh. They have a good team. 100%. Their starting lineup is long, it's big. They can shoot. They got ISO guys. I mean, Valanchunas and Zion are absolute load down low. Look at their plus minus for their starting. McCollum, plus 23. Valentunas, plus 28. Herb Jones, plus 34. Brandon Ingram, plus 24. Like, Zion was the worst with a plus 13. But, like, their starting lineup is legit. And in the West, if they can stay healthy, Brandon Ingram, Zion, they can definitely make some noise, and they're going to cause a lot of problems for a lot of teams in the NBA. And they did it to the Mets tonight. Even even they are a deep team, too. Like they are, they have an athletic and very and a very well put together second unit. I know they have they have Devonte Graham out there. They have Jose Alvarado. They have they have Larry Nance. They have a uh, uh, what's his name, Najee Marshall. He played a couple minutes. He looked pretty okay tonight. But they they have some they have some. Oh, and Jackson Hayes too. He didn't get to play today. But man, he they have a really well put together team, and they they are legit, no doubt. And like we said, they are young. At, they have a nice mix of young talent and veteran talent, but they are a nightmare matchup for the Nets. We said that literally yesterday. I mean, obviously we all picked the Nets because we weren't going to pick them to lose on opening night. But we, <laughs> I was supposed to pick them to lose, to be honest. But I know, but we we could have we all kind of saw this happening ahead of time, but didn't want to admit it. <laughs> yeah, I kind of did too, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. One quick thing. Let's. I mean, this is going to hang over the Nets, especially amongst Nets fans all season, especially if they're losing. Steve Nash. We got to talk about it real quick. Let's touch on it. <laughs> Twitter's already calling for his job after one game. Yep. They were calling for him after 10 minutes of the game, I should say. Forget one game. They were 10 minutes in the game, and everyone was saying, oh, same old shit, same Nets team. They're going to win 20 games. KD's washed. Trade him. He's quitting. He's pulling a hard in last year, and, like, everyone needs to slow down. This is, once again, a new core of players. It sucks that this happens every year, but it's a process. And I'm pretty sure the Nets started off slow last year and then went on that run to get back to the one seed before KD got hurt. It's not going to happen overnight. 
Um, I I think calling for Nash's job after one game is kind of insane. It is. I mean, yeah, you could have like wanted his job in the offseason. So like once you realize he's come back, you should honestly like understand he's not getting fired till at least after the new year. I would say unless Correct. the team starts at 0 and 10, 0-15, then it's a different story. But I don't know. Yeah. I agree with Anthony completely. If they were gonna move on from him, you do it in the offseason. If you move on from them now, it's once again something new you're implementing, I mean, in the season. And that's like worst case scenario and something you don't want to have to do. But yeah, um, Trying to find a new head coach mid-season and adjust to a new offensive, uh, adjust to a new system in general halfway through the season is a nightmare, especially for a contender. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we can all agree. Let's move on from this game. Hopefully the Nets watch a lot of film, uh, look at their sets, realize why they weren't crisp because they're right back at it Friday night against the 1-0 Toronto Raptors. And it's kind of another nightmare matchup in my opinion. I mean, they're not as big. They don't have like a dominant big man like Valentunas or I mean even Zion, but they start three legit wings in Siakam, Ananobi, and Scotty Barnes who are going to give KD nightmares. It's going to be like the Boston series, in my opinion, where they're just going to swarm him with those three guys and make someone else hit shots. Mm -hmm. And when we have three of our guys that are supposed to be there to hit shots out, doesn't spell a good recipe for Brooklyn. They can put Scotty on KD. They can put Siakam on Ben, they could they can mix it up however the hell they want. And it's not going to be a great matchup for KD. I mean, KD will be fine. He's going to get his. But it's once again kind of going to be a nightmare matchup for Ben Simmons. Um, I think the Nets will fare much better defensively against the Raptors. But offensively, it could be another low-scoring night for the Nets, in my opinion. Do, you, uh, do I have timelines on the three injuries, like – so, Joe, he said limited capacity soon. That's all he really said. Seth, yeah, um, Seth, didn't they say like two weeks into the season or something? Um, so, they, the Nets were told, uh, they told reporters, I believe it was Monday. It was either Monday or Tuesday that Joe and Seth would be reevaluated on Thursday. So, tomorrow we should get news on Joe and Seth. Um, and they both had potential to play Friday night, Steve Nash said, um, as of Monday. And TJ Warren will not be reevaluated until the earliest in November. Okay. So, so there is an outside weeks. chance that Joe Harris and Seth Curry could play Friday night. Um, Ryan Rucco did say on Yes Tonight in the pregame coverage that Joe Harris is extremely close, I believe were his words. Um, so, I mean, that would obviously be a huge boost for the Mets if they could at least get one of them back. I mean, both would be great, obviously, but if they could just get one, the spacing would be a huge bonus for the offense. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, they need at least one of the two. I guess Warren's not going to be a long-term thing, but the Nets really need some reinforcements because this roster ain't going to cut it. Yeah, and I think uh, kind of our biggest fear Dayron played pretty poor tonight. <laughs> he was so many I, I, Bro, I know. Like, he was active on the offensive glass, 
I mean, he was still committing stupid fouls, but he was just missing so many layups or dunks. And I was like, bro, what is he was one of eight and they were all right at the rim. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. Know, it was... One eight percent is bad. Yeah, he had a very poor game as well tonight. Very but... Anything else? I mean, we got to make our picks for the Raptors. We all lost, so and we got to like we got to do Monday as well. Because I don't think, right? Are we our next one? We're going to record after the Monday game, or yes, yes, yeah, Friday and Monday. All right, Joe, you're first. Let's start with the Raptors. Yeah, game, I went first. Obviously. I went first last time, and we're all even. So I think that yeah, but so else. we stay in the same order because you yeah. won last year. <laughs> Some bullshit. Anthony missed the most pods recently. He should go first. Hey, <laughs> what? You missed the most pods recently, so you should go first. Oh wow! Wow, I'll go first. I'm taking a loss against the Raptors. Okay. Anthony, who wants to go next? I'll go. Um, I'm going to say a win against the Raptors. The game is at home, by the way, if you guys weren't aware, which I'm sure you were, but I just want to put that out there. Joe? I'm going to go win. All right. So I'm the only one taking a loss. You guys are feeling a lot more positive than me after tonight. And then Monday, another nightmare matchup against the Memphis Grizzlies. In Memphis, I will be taking another loss. Oh, against Memphis. Shit. <laughs> I'm going to go with a loss. Okay, I'm going to go win. All right, so I'm loss-loss. Anthony's win-loss. Joe's win-win. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. don't write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, I mean, real quick, like the Nets' opening schedule is brutal. Pelicans, Raptors, Grizzlies, Bucks, Mavericks. That's a tough, tough start to the season, especially for a team that needs wins early on to kind of build some positive momentum after what they've been through. That's tough. I mean, I know we've talked about this before, but looking at it now that the games are actually here, that's a horrible stretch of five games for the Nets to begin the year. Yeah. But, uh, anything else we miss you guys want to touch on real quick? I think we're good. All right. Thank you guys for listening to the Sports Ethos Nets podcast with Joe, Anthony, and Cody. Nets are back in action Friday against Toronto. Hopefully things get better from here. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.